Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. I'm Jerry. I got uh, David and Max here. Um, yeah, and uh, got a little smile on our faces on this beautiful Monday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And what is it actually evening for you? Um, yeah, guys, uh, did, did both of you get to, to see the game at all? Yeah. I think I made a joke of it, but I never... And I mean, I've watched the back since, but I was stuck watching the most boring game of football in Crew Alexander v. Yeovil Town, League <laughs> 2, Basement Boys. It was poor. Um, yeah, I didn't have the luxury. I didn't get to go to the game. I had to watch it back later that night. Painful. Yeah, I but, I didn't get to see it live either. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, I just need to stop going the game. Because <laughs> they play well when you're not there. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, my kid had a ten o'clock game, which I guess is uh, three o'clock for you, and that was the exact same time as kickoff. Mm. Um, but and, and so I was frustrated because I, I got home and I was only able to see the last like twenty minutes. Uh, we, I'm glad I got to see some of it, but I kept on getting notifi- notifications on my phone that we scored. They scored again. I was like, "Really? You know, that's awesome. That's great." But uh, so then later on that night, I sat down and I went to the NBC Gold Instant Viewing platform, uh, which is the only way that I can watch games. That's how I was going to have to watch it earlier. And literally, p- trying to watch it at night, it hung up every twenty seconds. So mm-hmm. I watched the first fourteen minutes of that game, twenty seconds at a time. Wait a minute. <laughs> 20 seconds at a time and it was I, I had to I couldn't do it anymore finally I just lost my sanity and but the next morning played cleanly all the way through through didn't so I actually got to see the whole thing but it was like yeah. the next day so but it was it was great you know I mm-hmm. get a I didn't think it wasn't too bad worked out well um Good win. yeah and the uh, cool thing is my my kids team won so so yeah uh. Good thing. Great day in the Gibson household. It was it was yeah. nice because the past two weekends, it's, it's been terrible. Every team I've pulled for has lost. <laughs> uh, but oh I suppose God, like like the water bottle club. Hey. <laughs> uh, we My need to get. I hate two O. Yeah, for you people listening, we uh, we literally all were taking sips of water at the same time, and we are not sponsored by any type of water bottle manufacturer, but maybe we should be. Yeah. Yeah, 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 we should. <laughs> so, uh, really quick, speaking of the listeners, uh, for you podcast people out there, we've got three segments that we are rolling with uh, on this show. We've got to respond and react to the uh, Crystal Palace match that happened on Saturday. Uh, then uh, there was something that happened during that match that we need to discuss in a separate segment, and uh, it's about booing our own players. And I feel like the most hackneyed and cliche title for a segment like that is to boo or not to boo. I wrote it down and then I realized everybody else is probably calling it the same thing. So, that is the question. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, so, and then, and then we got to talk about Fonseca. Is the man in the mask going to be coming 
this summer? No idea. So let's talk. Uh, let's talk about the game. Uh, initial thoughts. Uh, Max, were you the only one who got to watch it all the way through live? Um, I think so. If David didn't catch any of it, but um, yeah, as you say, you know, do you see what happens when you play the lads in a in a system in a formation that they're familiar with, and that it got them a result the last time out at Goodison. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there was the the first half was was quite anxious. I mean, there were a few um, butterflies moments. I mean, uh, the Mangala undercooked pass that nearly put Christian Benteke clean on clean through. Just glad Jordan Pickford was there to to mop it up. I think there was there was a few hold your breath moments like that, but uh, rarely came out guns blazing in that second half, and you could see the confidence oozing through the team once that first goal went in. You know, we really thought you know we can take it to these here. There was a number of good performances. Um, Adrissa Gay was was fantastic. Uh, the, the the influence that Theo Walcott had just injecting a little bit of pace into the side. Uh, something that I noted during the game as well was the amount of times Wayne Rooney would pick his head up and, and find Theo Walcott with a long ball. I mean, it was absolutely beautiful, some of the passes that he that he was pulling off from deep in that midfield. Um, my standout player was probably Gilfie Sigurdsson. I mean, the the lad's still playing in that left midfield role that isn't his preferred role, yet he's, he's running his ass off every game. And, you know, you, you saw how he created that chance. I think it was for the, the Davies goal. You know, he just didn't give up on the ball, carried on fighting for the ball. And that that's the spirit that, you know, we, we haven't seen this season. And I think playing playing them in a system that they're familiar with and how they know how everyone else operates, I think it, it, give, it boosts their confidence in that they, they know what will go on around them as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, o- overall, I think that it's a good indication that we can press on now, stop forgetting about relega- forget about relegation and try and push to that seventh spot. David? Yeah, I was just uh, ecstatic with the result because of the three of us, I was the one who was a little bit apprehensive uh, and just because Palace seemed to be coming a bit of a bogey to him at Goodersman. Um, yeah, and as I said, I, I watched it later that day. Um, I, I, I did think first half was quite similar to a lot of what we saw this year and, you know, uh, maybe if one of the past chances go in, um, then could have been a different game, but they didn't. And second half, as Max said, when we scored, you know, just complete game changes. It quite often is when you get a goal either side of half time. Um, I totally agree with Sigurdsson. I think it's fantastic how he's suddenly becoming probably one of our most integral players in the squad now. Um, and make no mistake about it, he's worked very hard to get into that position as well because you know, a lot of people were looking at him as a bit of a flop only a couple months ago. And he works very, very hard. Still getting played out to position. And uh, he's been fantastic. And for me, with the likes of Coleman when he's fit, he's one of the first names on the team sheet now. Um, I thought Dave has done well again. Um, and one thing I will, I'll give credit to Nias as well, because, you know, we, we were calling for him not to start um, on Saturday. We were looking for total notes. He didn't. Uh, Nias played. And... Yeah, a classic Nias goal. If he were, where, where he tried to head it, it would have went there. The keeper would have saved it. You know, yeah. he's got this the end, and it's gone the other way and worked out perfectly. But that doesn't take away the fact how hard he worked all game mm. again. Um, interesting, he said about Rooney. I thought Rooney was great. I'd look some of his stats, and he had more touches in Everton's half than than Palace's half. Mm-hmm. 
So it just shows how successful he's been in that kind of deeper role, you know, picking the ball up short and driving forward where that be with a with a short or long pass. And I think there's no question about it now really needs to play in that deeper role. Uh, but yeah, fantastic results. And as you say, we can start kind of looking at seventh now. I mean, no one would have believed that two points from seventh, you know, two months ago. So we've got to be pushing on, hopefully. Yeah, two points from seventh, but also not that many points away from the relegation zone. It's such a oh, weird year. Yeah, it's old, it's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, it's, I, I don't think we have to worry about it, but the fact that it's there. I, I legitimately am not looking down. I am looking up. Um, I do think about seventh more than I think about 18th right now. Um but it's just the strangest year when you've got yeah. those six teams just with way more points. Um, yeah, I, I odd, oddly enough, my, my, my strongest part of the defense this weekend looked like Cuco Martina, um, mm-hmm. who gets another left-footed assist. Mm-hmm. All right? I, again, Cuco, I haven't heard a word from you. <laughs> I, I give the man a left foot and he doesn't even return my calls. It's messed up. Uh, no, it's I, 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 I'm proud of him. I love seeing a guy who, who's taken a lot of crap, who, who works, his, works his butt off and at least is okay. You know, I'm not going to say he's the standout performer, but he was okay. He was serviceable in that game. Um, yeah. uh, Walcott, that guy... You know, he, he's just hardworking, and he's the, one of the fastest, quickest players. He's just another gear. I say it every game now. He's another his gear. Ability to, his ability to hold on to the ball as well is mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic. The way he uses his body to get in between the ball and the man and wriggle around players is something that we've lacked for a long time, I think. Yeah, yeah that's 20 mil in this market. It just seems a, a, a snip. Um, and. Yeah, you know, I was I was someone at one point who wasn't particularly excited about that transfer, and I've had my eye wiped completely. I think he's been absolutely fantastic, and he just looks the level above everyone. It's mm. it's like we've upgraded a similar player in Lennon to Walcott, and we've got a better all-round player in every department. Mm. Um, and yeah, he's just been fantastic. Yeah, I've I've loved watching him play, and you can tell the other players like having him there too. You know, mm, he's just that- he's a great team player. Um, Big fan of that guy so far. Uh, another shout-out for Davies. Uh, again, ran his guts out. He's He just looks so good when he's running forward. Yeah. You know? Like he, may, he still so that, makes mistakes, and he gives the ball away. But, uh, but yeah, just he's brave. I was going to say, you know, something that we recently talked about as well, and it's come out that, you know, he's been asking around, you know, what can he do to get into the side and make it, make an impact in the starting eleven And... You know, it's clear that this 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 um, this new kind of style of midfield that we're playing, rather than the two defensive midfielders, this kind of three uh, Davies, Gay, and Rooney. You know, it, it's just it, it offers everything that we lacked. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's just its movement is so much more efficient in win, winning the ball back and in, in pushing it forward. And I hope it's a system that we stick with going forward. Well, you know, I've got a theory that, that I always have this conversation. I've said it on the air before when I'm at the match. I say, it looks like we're playing with 10 men every single week. But when you think about it, 
Gay and Schneiderlin, when they're in there, are doing the exact same role. They're mm-hmm. just trying to close play down, tackle people. So you're getting two people doing one job. That needs somewhere else on the pitch. You are the man down in terms of what they're offering the game. So, yeah, yeah I think Davies has got to be playing over them. Um, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't want to take my chance to lower the tone, but I'm going to be honest, watching that game back, once again, I thought Keane did okay, but he was getting beat too many times in the air for my liking. Mm. Still don't think he looks 100% solid there at all. He, he just isn't impressing me. I know we talk about his confidence, but you know, if you were the lads have had bad confidence, like to Sigurdsson, and they played themselves into form, and Keane should really be doing the same for me. Yeah, I, I was I was just uh, watching the the under twenty threes against Barnsley there in in the Premier League Cup, and you know the at centre half they had Mason Holgate and Ramiro Funes Mori, and I mean they kept the, they kept a clean sheet, and they were two decent individual performances. Yeah. So I think to um, especially with. Funes Murray getting nearer to fitness. There's going to be some some serious competition going forward for for that place in the side. And you know, as you say, if Keane doesn't start playing his way into form anytime soon, it, it really wouldn't surprise me if he, if he loses that guaranteed starting spot. Yeah, I mean, I I actually I've been surprised that Mason Holgate hasn't been in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's strange. Like sometimes he's in the squad, but he's on the bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's strange yeah. to me. Uh, I mean, he looked composed today. I watched that U twenty three game as well. Um, thought the defense looked looked good um, against mm-hmm. a pretty solid Barnsley squad. There's a lot of players that have played first team action for Barnsley in that game. Um, yeah, that was pretty. It was pretty solid. I, I did see someone mention that they thought that Holgate had been injured recently, and that is why he had been out. Whether that's true or yeah. not, I mean, and nobody said it. You know, that's the mm. first I've heard of it, but yeah, but yeah. it makes it more okay if we're playing Keane instead of him. Because personally, I would play Holgate right now if he was healthy every game. Yeah, particularly with this this injury to Mangala, the team that um, that seems to be. I've I seen Sam use the word serious to describe both Mangala and Coleman's injuries. So mm. I mean, I'm still quite unsure to the extent of them. But you know, definitely, um, I think Holgate should be one of the first names mentioned for the for a starting role in the first team. To be honest, because I think he's been a great performer this season. Hey. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> for me, he's one of the first ones I put in there, just because he's been yeah. so solid. I, I'm just kind of I've been surprised at his lack of involvement. I hope it's I I don't want to hope it's an injury, but it would exp- I would be more fine with that reason. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, him and Funes Mori, that'd be that'd be interesting to kind of watch that that pair. Funes Mori didn't really put much of a foot wrong today either. Um, no. You know, I, I he I saw him give a, a pass or two away, but he had some long, well driven balls that that went to feet. Um, yeah, I thought he looked all right. You know, um, again another and, and just like you guys said, a shout out to Sigurdsson. It's funny how he's playing that left that wing role, because he's cutting in and playing a 10 a little bit sometimes too. You know, you yeah. see him at the top of the box just as often as you see him on the left wing. Uh, yeah. He was involved in all three goals. Yeah. All three of them, integral part of those goals. Uh, yeah. I was, I, I love it because he's, he's, he's such a hard-working player. He's so smart. He's my kind of player. 
his ability, yeah. his ability to hold the ball up in, down that left-hand side as well. If, if Martin is not quite up to speed to him, there are plenty of times during that game where he just, you know, he shielded the ball off, mm-hmm. worked it round a little bit, just waiting because I think that's an, an area that might need a bit of improvement for the whole squad, really. Just a bit of movement off the ball, just to yeah. give them on the ball a bit more, a few more options when he picks his head up. But, um, you know, on the pitch now, it looks like we're going in the right direction. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, the Mangala injury was tough for me to watch uh, because I've I've been the guy that hit my knee has gone the wrong way, and so uh-huh. just watching that, I was just like, oh, too soon, you know. And so <laughs> I didn't yeah. like I didn't like the angle it went. I'm a little concerned that it's a long term thing. It didn't yeah, go as far was, as I thought though when I watched walking. it. No, that, that, that's always a good a good sign. You can you, you can actually walk afterward. When you, yeah. you, you can, yeah, I, I know, but you know, at least it wasn't a you know too painful to to walk off. You know, that's yeah, just something I'm observing. He played a I little bit like, afterward. I thought that was good. I feel like if it was a real long term injury, that we just cut the loan short because it's only a we only a six month one, and he just go back to City. So I assume we still got a part to play this season. Yeah, I hope so. I hope he does. I hate seeing a guy get finally get some time trying to find a rhythm. And then all of a sudden he's out for, you know, a year. Any guy. I don't yeah. care if he's on our team. I yeah. just hate seeing it. He did settle into the game a little bit, didn't he, as it went on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's probably a little bit unlucky. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say the just giving up those uh, chances in the air to Benteke was probably my, my, my biggest problem with our performance. You know, yeah. he had a couple of headers that went right by the post. Um, one of them he went up over Kenny, which for a guy like him shouldn't be that big of a problem you know what I mean mm-hmm. but um yeah I just hate seeing that matchup happen you know what I mean yeah so I mean I noticed Ben Teche was more on the right hand side and they had that solo off mm-hmm. the lad that they've just brought in who yeah. was also you know quite useful in the air so you know you can see I mean we saw it against Leicester as well we're quite vulnerable to corners and an aerial situation so again something that can be worked on and I don't think we're going to be posed with that much of a threat again because I think Palace are renowned for the the dependence on, you know, playing the getting the ball in the air to the likes of Ben Take and, and this new sign and Deep Bros in. So, one of the reputations Sam had coming in though was solid on set pieces defensively. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember seeing in old one of his old teams he had a whiteboard where he had written whiteboard or chalkboard I can't remember which one. One of them had one of the points the specific points had to do with set pieces and defending well and practice those like crazy, you know? So it was just a strange thing. Here's a non-controversial point here. I believe this squad has not evolved at all over this year. I think we have a spell of bad results, but when we come to a point where, right, we, we really need a result tonight, we've managed to get it. You know, when you look back early in the season under Koeman, we had Bournemouth, we picked up the, the win there. Then we had Wofford, which was on the Unsworth. You know, then that West Ham game had the same feel. We won that. You know, that Leicester game, we needed to win that, really. We won that. I just think we, we, this season, we're just kind of doing the same old, same old. As I don't think Allardyce can take any credit for any kind of results we pick up. I think the season just needs to end. Um, we're not particularly improving. Um, we're just picking up results when we need to against teams that we should be beating. But David, yeah, yeah. haven't you heard Allardyce talk? He deserves credit. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I think he gives himself enough credit every chance he gets, doesn't he? Yeah. So 
Fair enough. Yeah. If there's any uh, need for us to give him any more. Yeah. I mean, to be to be fair, we're, we we are winning some games. You know, and and we do have a formation that works for us, but we have a manager who doesn't always like to play it. Yeah. So, I think our home form, our saviour at the moment, isn't it? Our home form is very, it's very good to be fair. We've only been beat by United, certainly since I think Aldice has come in. Um, so, and they're second in the league. So, the home form is great, but just the away form is not good enough at the moment. Yeah. I, I, I'll maintain maybe it could have been better against Arsenal had he started with a formation with no, these two. You know, that that kind of shit. Does that over the overly pragmatic approach? I knew he was pragmatic coming in, but yeah, the thing about Davies. Apparently, when Davies came to him, or not even come to him, oddly enough, go to him. Yeah, went to the Rylan Morgans and like the performance experts on the team, and he apparently the reason he wasn't starting was because of his training stats. Seriously, look it up. In the article, it's his training stats were not up. So he worked harder in practice, and that earned him an opportunity. Don't, don't you feel like Allardyce is like that old man? and he's, be, he's a dinosaur of football, and someone's come up to him like 10 years ago and said, oh, have you heard about this new thing called data analysis within football? And he's went, yeah. all right, it's okay. And he's, and he's, that 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 he's like, I, oh. I am Mr. Data. I know everything. I'm going to live off data. This is it. You don't know. I know. I know the data. This is what I know. He just needs to... Look, me more than anyone loves data in football. I, I think it's fucking fantastic. But he just needs to settle down a little bit and maybe just focus on a few other aspects of his management, I think. That's such a, it was such a Push strange out. thing. Oh, my gosh. I read that and I was like, Max and David are going to love hearing this. <laughs> I know. That's... I, th- I think no, of course it, it, it's useful, but as I've said many a time, there's no there's no substitute to to you know three o'clock or five thirty or whatever time it is putting your boots on and walking out in front of a crowd of, of thirty forty thousand. So mm. you know it, that's where the judgment should be made at the end of the day, isn't it? Yep. I I think agreed. Um, I mean to be to be fair, you know. Davies hasn't been setting the world afire this season all that much, but he's young. You, you gave him yeah. a little time off. Now let's get him. He's getting some confidence up. Don't break it by putting him out. Mm-hmm. So, all right, we we thoroughly covered this. Yeah. All right. Good way. So. Controversy reared its ugly head in the middle of uh, Everton's match with Palace this Saturday. Um, with Everton winning, uh, we, we subbed out Idris Gay. Uh, apparently he had a, a bit of an injury. We don't know how bad it actually is. Um, and Morgan Schneiderlin came in. And that decision, or that player, which we'll get into, was met with booze from some of the supporters, and it was very audible. You could hear it from your television. Uh, so it, it was not just like a couple people. A decent amount were booing. So uh, a lot of people have come out and said it was not them booing Schneiderlin. They were actually booing Allardyce because I think a lot of them wanted to see Jink Tosun 
play because he hasn't gotten much of a run. And with Everton having a, a lead, they were thinking, you know, this is the time. Um, but there are other people who flat out have said Schneiderlin has not played well lately or even tried and didn't deserve to come in. So, guys, uh, which which one was it? What was actually getting booed there? Where I was sat, um, the, the overriding sense was, you know, we're 3-0 up. Why aren't we giving this lad that cost 27 to 30 million a run out? Of course, you know, as you say, that. There are a fair few even on Twitter that have come out and admitted, you know, that that they were pure just booing Schneidlin. But um, where, where, from where I was sat, and I do feel the overriding sense was they wish Chink Tosin was playing. Um, but it, it's a tricky one because you know you get people who say you know people are entitled to their own opinions. They pay the money, they can do what they like. But from 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 my perspective. If, the, if you were booing Schneidlin, the lad's just doing his job. Granted, yes, he, he gets play, gets paid a lot more than than than, than the standard job. But at the end of the day, it's still it's still a job to him. And people may say, you know, there should be a lot more of an emotional attachment there with it, you know, being football and the emotional weight that that carries in people's lives. But if he'd have started, I, I doubt his name would have got booed. Ring from you know his, his name being announced in the starting lineup. So I, I do. I'm leaning more to the the idea that the, the decision to bring him on was was, was booed because I, I feel like that was a poor decision to come off with. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I was embarrassed by the old the old situation. Uh, I don't yeah. like it. It's I think it is embarrassing. Um, you know, if you're if you're one of those people who say I pay my money, you can do what you like. I feel ashamed for you. I really do. I pay my money. I don't do that. And you might say, well, it's you know, it's it's my opinion. I can do what I like. You can do what you like. Fair enough. But I'm just saying, I, I'm embarrassed by it because when it comes down to it, the lad's still wearing an Everton shirt. He's coming on the pitch. There's still a game to be played. You know, if you if you want to show you this is satisfaction, his performances, fine. But come up with a more original way to do it. Than just booing someone halfway through a game, it's it's ridiculous. You know, if you, I'm not if the lads are putting the effort in, and that's what you truly believe. Which, by the way, I've been critical of them as well. But uh, demonstrate it in other ways. Just booing when someone's <laughs> coming to the pitch, it's just painfully embarrassing. It, it really is. You know, that's not the type of fan base that I I see Everton as. I I don't see Goodison Park as that kind of stadium, and it's fast becoming like that. You know. I see more people at Goodison booing than cheering, and that's genuine. There's so you know, there's, there's so much negativity within Evertonians, and there's only so much you can put on the pitch. Sometimes you've got to look in the mirror, and that was just a prime example for me. You know, the atmosphere from what I could see, it wasn't great again on Saturday. And considering we won as well, you know, people have been putting down to what's going on the pitch as to why the atmosphere is not great. It was a good result on Saturday and the atmosphere still wasn't great, but yet there's plenty of people taking the chance to boo and Everton playing coming on the pitch. It's just wrong for me, and I, I think it is embarrassing. I think there definitely is a percentage that were booing the booing Allardyce for uh, bringing Tosin on. I can understand that. I still don't think you need to boo it. As I said, I think you can come up with other ways to demonstrate your dissatisfaction because that just creates a negative vibe. But for those people who think, I pay me money, I can do what I like, I just I don't agree with you at all. I, I think if you've 
if you want to try and make the player realise, just try and think of something more original than just boo and have the match. It's painful. Um, so, I'm going to try to skate through these examples uh, quickly. Because um, I couldn't tell. I, I was under the impression that my first reaction was they're booing Schneiderlin because they mm. saw that same video that I saw from last week with him kind of halfway, you know, not pressing McDarian when he was getting that shot. Maybe they saw the same thing. That was my first reaction when watching, when I was watching that. Um, when I heard other people saying I was, I was booing the decision, uh, part of me was wondering if some of them were, were, were basically trying to make it more okay to boo. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, because that mm-hmm. reason sounds more humane, doesn't it? It sounds I mean, kinder. It's still at the same time. It still comes off, you know. If the lads coming onto the pitch, it still comes off as a, a personal attack to him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's not going to do his confidence any good. He's got a uh, job to do. Don't forget. How long was left of the game? Maybe fifteen minutes. I can't remember. He's still coming on the pitch, and we need him to do a job. So what? Yeah. What is that going to achieve? Booing him when he's coming onto the pitch? At the end, of the day, he's still an Everton player, and I don't know. I just, that's just, why I, I don't get it. It I think you, Sam's comments when you know when the media told him that you know what are your reaction to the booze? The fact that he said um, I wasn't expecting it that shows a big disconnect from my perspective between Sam and the fans. And I feel like as the, as a manager, you sh- there, there shouldn't be such a big gap between your fan base and uh, and, uh, and the head coach of the team, really. Um, again, another comment that he made before the game that he, he believes on the internet, it's the same 15 fans that go back and forth. You know, he's just pushing the boat further and further out for himself and he just it, it, he comes across really out of touch with Everton Football Club uh, the more time passes by. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, <laughs> a lot of that stuff, I think it's just, it's nonsense. He angles everything. To kind of oh, possibly yeah. make it. He didn't even entertain the notion they may have been booing him. Didn't even mention what that might have been. You know? Um, yeah. Out of his death, isn't it? Yeah. That's simple. Um, I, there was actually a comment on the, the Toffee Blues uh, Twitter page. Uh, the guy who runs the Toffee Blues Twitter page, who is not me, by the way. I want to make mm-hmm. that clear. No. No me. I don't. None of us. We don't. We don't do that. It's someone else. All right. But uh, the person, the person who runs it, was talking about booing and weighed in with an opinion on it, saying that it shouldn't have happened. And then somebody chimed in saying, "Americans really are optimistic, aren't they? And they're telling telling what a bunch of uh, people who pay their wages uh, to get season tickets. You know what I mean? And they're basically say." And I think for some reason this person thought I was saying that. All right. Yeah, we, hey, at least he watched the video, though. You know, the well, nice one for the view, mate. Yeah, it was strange. It was the weirdest thing because the guy who runs the page was like, uh, I'm not Jerry. Jerry does our videos. Uh, but and oddly, but here's the thing. I, in, in a way, I agree with this person who was disagreeing. That's more my viewpoint because I've never had the money to have season tickets to anything. Ever. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've never had the money to be able to even travel to England, much less go the game. So, I mean, I'll tell you right now, I don't boo. I've never booed. I've maybe booed from my couch. 
You know what I mean? Because no one gets their feeling hurts, feelings hurt there, right? Um, but, but that's the thing. I just I'm not a booing guy. My uh, coworker is a, an avid. He watches uh, American football and hockey. And I said, "Man, do you boo?" He said, "Yeah, I boo." You know, he boos like he, he's a New York Rangers fan, and so he was saying that when it's subpar performance and they're not playing to win, then I boo. I let them know that it's not okay. However. When I told him about this past weekend, when our supporters booed when we were winning, he said, I don't know if I like booing when you're winning. Thank you, yeah. You know? Mm. And, and, <laughs> and that's, that's something that, I don't know. For me, but here's the thing. I, I genuinely, the first thing I thought was, I don't boo. I don't like it. However, technically you did pay your money. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I didn't. Yeah, I agree. I am not in the camp where people say, you know, you can't do this. You spend your money, but don't show your face goods. And I'm not saying any of that, but my opinion is it's a bit embarrassing, personally. Yeah. I think it looks negative on the club, the fan base. You know, a lot of other clubs, I don't believe, would do that. So I don't know why Evertonians are. At the end of the day, if you want to do it, you can do it. But it, this this is, this is can't this show is about... Opinions. My personal opinion is, you, you should, I don't understand it. Yeah. I don't know why you do that. It's it, it embarrassing, but I can't. I can't change anyone's opinion. It, it comes across as, as as just general all-out criticism, when really the the issue is more of a constructive criticism matter. Really, whether it's towards Schneidlin and his effort levels as a player, or Allardyce's decision making, or his treatment of the likes of Cheng Tosin. From an outsider looking in, which you know you've got to kind of add that, have that perspective if you want to become a, a bigger club. You know, for someone who's watching that, you know, for example, on NBC in America, if if, if they're seeing Everton three 0 up and a substitution being made, that they might not necessarily know the context of it, and they hear, you know, the Gladys Street or whatever ringing out in booze. That you know, as as David says. It, it reflects badly on the fan base and I know we're, we're not that type of fan base. We are a very constructive, well-educated in terms of football fan base yeah. and I think, you know, you just, as David said, look at, look at, look at yourself in the mirror in, yeah. in, in that sense and look at how it comes off. You know, Let's just be better than that, simple as. Let's just be better than that. As I said, get, get your opinion across. If you want to be critical, find a way, but just do something a little bit more original than mm. just be play when he's coming onto the pitch when we're winning the game it, it seems ludicrous to me yeah I, I i lied earlier i remembered a time when i booed all right it was a basketball game and it was poor refereeing decision i was booing the referee mm-hmm. i've booed mm-hmm. referees relentlessly at certain basketball games early on in my college <laughs> university life <laughs> You know, um, I participated in bullshit chants when referees make awful calls. I've done that. And see, you know what? I'm totally fine with that. I'm totally fine with calling a referee on on, on awful calls, you know? That's something that Evertonians are notorious for. You know, we're we're we're, we're commonly known for being very behind the team, no matter what. We'll call bullshit calls from the ref. We'll Mm. call time wasting from the opposition but when it comes to one of our own we are behind them if we've got constructive issues then as david says you know you need to find a more creative or original outlet for 
venting your frustrations. Don't let it come across as if there's any more of a of a gap or a bridge between the the fans and the club as there already is at the minute due to bad performances. You know, particularly after when at the time we were three nil up, and again this might be the uh, the launching pad for you know a string of good results in the season. And you know you, you might look back on this this game and go, well, it was the game where we beat Palace three one, and you know kind of recovered the season, but it was also the game where we booed a substitution. Mm-hmm. Coming on. Not even a play going off, because he hasn't put the effort in, just a play coming on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we're it's one of, those, one of those situations where you're kind of wondering when people enjoy a match, do they? Oh, I, I you don't, know? Don't, there's plenty by me who, who just come out to just moan, and you only hear them when we're getting beat. When we're mm. winning, it, they seem miserable. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem with some of the culture for people when it comes to the football. They just that was you know, not that unless they're depressed. So something to support though. I know. So so something honestly, like you said earlier, the 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 atmosphere around Goodison in general, um, up until the second half, I'd say it picked up a little bit. But again, the 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 overall sense was dull, miserable, and you know, I know there's a to the the Twitter account, I think it's called Discuss Everton. Yeah, that is is very much trying to resolve those issues. So a shout out to them, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. I feel like that's something that, that needs to be looked at. But honestly, I was sit- I was during the game. I was sitting there thinking, you know, what are the the possible solutions to this? And I really can't see a solution until that new stadium up on Bramley Moor is built, and we you know we can start from the ground up again. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I think if we we have a nice run, I think you'll see. Supporters, you won't see as much of this booing during a win. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we've, uh, as as supporters, we've seen our team kind of do a lot of this. You know, yeah. we 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 had such high expectations going into the season, and what what happened? Our manager, who we sort of thought, okay, we're getting there. We got money. We got cumin. Oh my god! And then mm. we saw this. Yeah. You know, and then we get it gets replaced. You know. You know, Unsworth worked hard, maybe not quite ready, um, but then we then we get replaced with a relegation specialist, who mm. who is technically doing that job. Technically, he is doing that job. I I, I just got to be fair in that regard. That 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 that's what he's going to look back on on his time at Everton, as isn't it? You know, if someone asks him about that time he managed Everton in twenty years, he's going to go, "Oh, when I came in, they were just stav- staving off relegation, and uh, yep. I saved them from it." And in reality, that is not the ambitions that you should have at all at Everton Football Club. Um, so, yeah, but uh, I have, I've kept up with that Twitter group as well. Um, and they are just firmly against uh, – they, they believe that you're, you're behind the team regardless. I think they're trying to get a singing standing area. Um, mm. So there's a possibility that there's going to be some experimental sections like that in the future, maybe at FA Cup games, that kind of thing. So, yeah. There's, there's your way to support it and do some things, make some things happen. Um, so, okay, we should probably roll on because, uh, yeah, David has plans. So, so, so that's, that's the end of our booing segment. I think what we're all saying is we don't boo, but we know you have a right to boo. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right.
and we have to talk about, well, a, 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 for some it might be a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, we have been linked, you know, for, for some, uh, some also may not, may not like it. Um, uh, so recently we were linked with a manager who, uh, who might be coming this summer, uh, there was an article that said we are we are still interested in Paolo Fonseca from Shakhtar Donetsk, um, from the Ukrainian league. I know some people, for some reason, think it's a it's a Russian team, but that's a Ukrainian league team, just like Dynamo Kiev. Uh, Why is that? What who are they close to? Is it Spartak Moscow that people maybe no? Who is it that they're quite oh, close to? Oh, it could. It maybe There's quite a few. Two, two I bet you it's Spartak. I bet you that's what it is. Yeah, yeah I bet you that's it. Um, I don't know, but it's something for some reason. People, I think a lot of people just lump those two leagues together just because they're so yeah. close to each other geographically. It's strange. Yeah. Um, so you read on Twitter, some people, I mean, it's like if you look, and I've searched on Twitter because I'm a nerd or a loser, <laughs> however you want to look at it. Um, could be both. Hey, I. <laughs> People say that that it's already wrapped up. That we are definitely going to get this guy. Um, some people say my dad heard <laughs> it's wrapped up. It's gonna happen. Uh, yeah, you, you see, definitely people, You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but I mean, there really are. There are a decent amount of ITK shouts, and maybe they are ITK. I don't know. I hate to mock it before we find out. Um, but apparently, there is some interest. Uh, in Fonseca, uh, according to some people. Uh, so let's really quickly run down who this guy is, all right? Um, he was with, uh, and I don't know if it's Pachos de Ferreira or Pacos from, I think it's Portugal, but he's also with Braga and Porto. Um, what's funny is his record with, record with Porto wasn't even that bad, but he got fired. So he went to uh, Shakhtar Donetsk in uh, 2016, and uh, since he arrived there, 40, 54, 8, and 7, and they have a goal differential of 84, as in plus 84. Um, so they, they, don't, they haven't given up a lot of goals, and they score a lot of goals. Um, they performed well in Champions League this year. Uh, they beat City. Uh, yeah, and I think they beat Napoli as well. They're, they look strong. Um, yeah. We were rumored to be connected with, them, with him uh, after we lost Kuman. Uh, I heard we made an offer on him, and Shakhtar said no because they were in Champions League still. Um, that could have been that could be bullshit, though. You know what I mean? It's the the internet universe. Yeah. Um, so uh, his preferred formation is four two three one. We've heard that before. Um, however, the way his team plays, uh, very efficient passing. They have a really high passing completion rate. Um, yeah. They're finishing. They uh, they may not get they don't get a ton of chances but the ones they get they finish. Um, uh. So uh, he likes to play a high line on defense to play compact uh, and, and pressing at specific moments during the game. There is a great article. This is where I'm getting all my information on the Back Three website. Uh, just Google Paulo Fonseca Everton and tactics, uh, and there's a whole huge beefy article about that. So. Check that out, because um, mm-hmm. I can't. I don't want to give all the details because I didn't write that article. But just so you know, it's 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 encouraging. Um, however, so so guys, my biggest concern about this guy because I I like him. 
I think he's great. I think if Pep Guardiola thinks he's great, uh, I think he's great as well. Uh, but the problem is I'm worried in order to play his style, we need an overhaul. Um, yeah. that, I, see, I see. I can see where you're coming from. I mean, I, I went to the Manchester City Shakhtar game in, in, in the Champions League, and as you say there, you pretty much hit the, hit the nail on the head. Um, they're very efficient in the way they pass the ball. Um, a key player who I think is getting a lot of interest from Manchester City, who plays in central midfield for them, is Fred, mm-hmm. um, who's very similar to Fernandinho of Man City. I'm sure uh, you know the viewers will be familiar with him. And I'm not quite sure who we've got, who we can kind of put in that role. So I can see where you're coming from with the, the kind of overhaul perspective. But um, you know, going from when I when I, when I went and seen them at the Etihad, um, I think they can they conceded in a Kevin De Bruyne wonder goal about fifty minutes in. Um, other than that, you know, defensively they were pretty solid against this Manchester City team, and that's something that I think where is worth emphasising, considering how bloody great this Manchester City team are. Mm. So. Um, and again, the, the man. I mean, there's the whole Zorro, the Zorro thing, as well. Show I think the man's a bit of a of a character, and I think that's something that we lack, really. Mm-hmm. You know, a kind of down, like a down to earth character who can become a bit of a media darling. Because if you look at all these top clubs, you know, the managers tend to be these these media darlings that know how to handle themselves and conduct themselves in the media. And um, I feel like you know, appointing him is well, should be a, a, a step in the right direction. Yeah, I agree totally with that. Actually, I think we have we have kind of lacked a, a character um, on the touchline for a little while now. Maybe the closest thing we had to Martinez was Martinez. Sorry, but I mean, I got tired and quick because it was the same active phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah, positive everything. Um, but yeah, I do I do really like the look of this guy um, in terms of what candidates we have. But I, I think he's our number one, and he's the one that I think everyone would be most happy with. Even though we're not sure whether it was bullshit or not, Jerry, I think there was a chance that he could have come back in November. But I believe Shakhtar did put the uh, put the the brakes on that one, and you can understand why because we said at the time, who wants to lose a manager at this stage? Yeah. Um, so I think somewhere you know we've got we've got a better chance. I think he come as well. You know the Premier League so appealing these days. It's it's absolutely massive. Considered the best league in the world. You know, despite the year, Everton. You know, outside the top six, we are probably the biggest club. Um, I think it's fair to say that. So it, it is appealing. You know, we have got money there as well to spend, and I, I'd be made up to have this guy come in. Um, I hope he does. Yeah, I I wanted him earlier on as well. Um, the big the big argument against him obviously is he's been for the most part in Portugal and in Ukraine um so yeah. uh you know he hasn't been in Serie A Bundesliga uh La Liga or Premier League or any of these uh you know they bigger leagues is what i think uh, I, I use quote quotation marks but i think there's probably some evidence performance based evidence to back that up yeah. um so, uh, yeah, uh, I, I think he brings a style. He brings an identity, um, which we haven't had, it seems, mm-hmm. for a while. Like, who, who are we? We're bringing in yeah. these very scattershot style players, 
And so we're trying to fit them into some, fit them into some kind of style. Um, and with Sam, you know, I, I don't know. It's a strange style when you think about his tactics. It's a lot yeah. of getting the ball up the field quickly. I mean, our, our, our first goal was a long ball from Pickford, and Nias ran his guts off. <laughs> you did that little, yeah. just barely got a little touch to Sigurdsson, who got, who got that shot yeah. up, but it was off a long ball. You know, mm-hmm. and, and there's a, I just this this style of football will be very different, um, but that's those those are my two concerns. Is he hasn't done it in a big league, um, you know, but a, a bigger league, and he uh, he may not have the same style as the people we have. Having said that, I want him. <laughs> I'm just yeah. trying to examine the fact that there are negatives. Just saying. just 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 something to counter count with that really. Is you know you, you look at other other managers uh, in the, these top leagues that you, that you mentioned that it does, you know it's highly unlikely that they would go to a club without that lure of European or Champions League football mm-hmm. and to to bring in uh, make no mistake about it Ukraine's best team you know and do compete compete in the, the Champions League year after year so he's got that experience of coming up against. These European teams, um, I think it'd be a big coup for us in in that sense because you know uh, bringing a lad in who's, who has got that that experience of of consistent European football and hopefully that that moulds his expect, expectations of coming in. You know, hopefully that that hopefully you know you say we need an overhaul of the squad. Hopefully this this leads to an overhaul in the mentality. Mm-hmm. You know. He, he comes in and he says to the players, you know, listen, I'm, I'm, I've got this experience of European football and and for a club of this stature, this is really where we should be. So, again, the, the, as you say, it's highly unlikely that we'd be able to attract a, a top manager from a Champions League or European clubs, from a European club, really. So, that was just really a counter to a counter. But, um, yeah, I feel like it... It'd be a really good appointment. Yeah, mm. I agree. Yeah. I think what you're going to yeah. hear a lot of is either that or Silva. Yeah, for me, I, I think he tops Silva though. You know, he, he does have this. You know, we, when you look at kind of the managers we've we've had for the last 15 years or so, you, you, we haven't had one that's got a winning mentality that's coming from a big club. Right? That's kind of. I'm not saying Shakhtar are a massive club, but in their own right, they are. Certainly in Ukraine, but as Max said, they're in Europe every year and they do well. I think they'll give Roma a good game over two legs in the Tars coming up. Um, but yeah, and I think, um, you know, we, we had Moyes come from Preston, uh, Martinez come from Wigan, we've had Koeman come from Southampton, you know, we've had Aldice come from a load of shit clubs, not shit clubs, <laughs> but you know. I, I, I... <laughs> club, shall we say. I was going to uh, say, we've had Aldice coming from the uh, the bar. Essentially, the ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. from the abyss. But I, I mean, that was disrespectful to the clubs that likes his managed. But I just obviously I think Everton are the biggest that you'd be in that club level. Um, so it'd be great if we had a manager who's coming in with some pedigree who wants to go out and win win things and win games. You know, especially against bigger sides. So uh, yeah, obviously, just like every candidate, there are drawbacks and concerns. I've seen some people that are being. Very, very pragmatic in saying that that Big Sam is is guiding us to to top seven, 
and we may have European football under Big Sam, and we need to be patient. I have heard this argument, okay? I, I'm only what? saying, you see on Twitter, there are some people that say it, just saying it's there. Not the saying I agree. The, <laughs> the, league, the league this season, though, I think we've just got to look at it. Look at how bizarre and tight this whole relegation scenario is. It, 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 you know, you've got teams, you know, in the top half that are, looking over the shoulder every now and again. So mm. I think this is one of these one-off seasons where you kind of got Manchester City, who were the, the runaway leaders. And other than that, top six, mm. it's been quite bizarre. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, just letting everybody know, we've heard a lot of these arguments. We know there's going to be people not liking Fonseca, not liking Silva, not liking Allardyce. Or liking any of those, so we know we know the arguments. This is just you know, I'd say he's the strongest candidate that I've heard. Yeah, that yeah. So at least at this point, for sure. Um, so yeah, so we need to finish up because David has to go to dinner. I think that's what it is. Throw me under the bus, there. David, David has plans. All right. Yeah. Me and Max yeah. are going to be as soon as we cut. We're probably. I mean, I'm going to cry for a little while. How about you, Max? <laughs> uh, but David is life. You know. <laughs> Matt, no, I'm just kidding. Max has four dates later. <laughs> uh, so we should we should finish up though. I think that's the end of our Fonseca segment. And, and but, but additionally, that is the end uh, of the big show for the podcast peoples. Uh, yeah, if you're listening via podcast, thank you. What a sweetheart. All right. Please subscribe to the Toffee Blues podcast and rate it if you can. Uh, if you like the videos, please subscribe to that as well. Uh, give a like, give a comment. That'd be rad. Uh, please check out both of these guys on the Toffee Blues website. Check out, check out the Toffee Blues website. Check, check it out on, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And reminder, I'm not the one who runs it. I am the American guy in the videos and on the podcast, and that's it. All right? <laughs> so don't cast American, American hate at these fine English lads. All right? <laughs> Bring it my way because, I mean, I see it anyway. So, yeah, that's, but that's it, guys. Uh, I can't think of anything else I need to plug away. Uh, yeah, because that's all. David, enjoy your dinner. Max, enjoy your four dates. Is that what it was? I don't know. I'm just I'm spontaneous. Whatever I'll come up with, I'll do. <laughs> yeah, I'll be I'll be uh, transferring footage and hanging out with my family. Nice. <laughs> Living the dream, mate. Oh yeah, because it's raining and we can't play outside. So we're all stuck in the house, but it's <laughs> really fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, the people listening uh, could hear my voice. That it's you know not as much. So that's it. Uh, yeah, we're gonna go now. Bye. Oh.